the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Another day, another dollar. Last day of March. Something that we're paying attention to is... Quarterly expectations, annual expectations. How did the S&P 500 do? The S&P futures this morning indicated, you know, basically positive moves, and then we opened with positive numbers. The news before the market opened was a lack of news. Expectations, government stimulus, kind of weighs in the back of our head. China and Japan have supported Asian stock markets. So we got that going into the positivity of the open. Can we hold it? You don't want to see a sector like biotech get murdered, and then in the following days it goes higher in the morning and lower in the afternoon. Higher in the morning, lower in the afternoon. It tells you that the professionals are still just knocking a little piece off here and there. So the SP 500 is up 15 today. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 144 today. The NASDAQ up 49 this morning. All of those are almost 1%. NASDAQ a little bit more than 1%. The SP 500 and the Dow up 9 tenths of a percent. Ten year Treasury sits at 2.75. That's up uh, pushing towards that 3 area, away from the 2.6 area. 2.6 showing you desperation, 2.3 showing you credibility with jobs market. So that's what we're seeing out of the open this morning. Now, obviously, there's going to be more stories like home sales in the United States poised surge with spring. End of March equals spring just right around the corner. So we're working with that. Fed Chairman Janet Yellen, she's due to speak at a conference this morning. Um, In fact, that conference just started about 15 minutes ago. Remember, last time she spoke, she kind of creeped out the markets a little bit with her, we're probably going to be raising interest rates sooner than you thought speech. Chicago PMI is on the docket this morning. Eh. 
can't get terribly excited about that one, to be quite honest with you. Trying to explain purchasing managers index into stock market moves, it's just not that easy. I wish it were. It's not. Um, other stories out there of note today, and there's enough. iPhone maker Apple crept up slowly as the company is returning to courts in that online or that ever-going skirmish with Apple with uh, Samsung on patents. That's not the most glorious story of the day. It's a story that I'm working with. It's not the most glorious story of the day, right? Investors of King stock, King Candy Crush, Candy, Candy, Candy Crush, um, had a bad IPO week last week. Today it started to move a little bit higher. I would imagine this one spikes at some point in the midterm, long term. I have no clue. I have no clue if they're going to be able to hire correctly, what games they're working on, what games people will like, if someone else is working on a more um, addictive game. I don't know. And that's a little bit of a problem. 800-516-1220 calls in the air. So I took Friday, and uh, I gave it to CFP Chad Burton last week, and a lot of people called in. You're hurting me, people. I know you're listening. You're not calling. I'm not going to bite you. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Again, it shows you that I kind of have that Howard Stern effect where people think I'm going to be mean to them. It's not true. I love you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Johnson Johnson has accepted a bid for their blood testing unit. That's kind of a neat little story this morning. They said they accepted Carlisle Group's offer to acquire its orthoclinical diagnosis business for about $4 billion. Johnson & Johnson baby shampoo. Johnson & Johnson uh, household goods around your house. You know, They're not going anywhere anytime soon. They make prescription drugs, medical devices, band-aids, Listerine, and much, much more. They've been shedding their slow-growing businesses. Carlisle made the bid for the blood testing business in January at the acceptance uh, period to end on Monday. So Johnson Johnson said, fine, we'll take it. You can have it. So Carlisle emerged last year as a leading contender to purchase the business based on the team of Blackstone and Danaher. Um, that they bested. Johnson outlaid plans in January to cut a billion dollars in costs over the next three years in part by consolidating some operations and eliminating other products. So Carlisle is an orthoclinical diagnostics business in in vitro diagnostic products and also transfusion donor screening and blood typing products. So that's kind of interesting. When we're speaking of uh, a merger and acquisition in healthcare, we should mention that health care spending rose sharply in the fourth quarter of 2013. It was driven up by increased hospital expenses. Healthcare spending rose at the fastest pace in 10 years last quarter. Wow. Healthcare spending rose at the fastest pace in 10 quarters last quarter. Expenses for healthcare costs rose at a 5.6% annual rate. That's where that Obamacare, healthcare, Affordable Health Care Act is going to bite people is that, okay, so you got it this year and you're not, like, all freaked out by the cost. This cost is probably going to go up each year for the rest of your life. And that's going to freak people out. Driving the increase was uh, in health care was an $8 billion rise in hospital revenue. $8 billion. You can't afford not to have exposure to health care in your portfolio or you're hurting yourself. 
Back in 2010, the Affordable Care Act gave incentives to hospitals to become more efficient and limit patient readmissions. Insurance companies increasingly have shifted costs to patients through high-deductible plans and other measures, prompting Americans to limit visits to doctors. Not really. So, slow-growing rates of health care prices, spending in recent years. Eh, it's back. It's back. Guess who's back? Chucky. Chucky's back. I know that doesn't even make any sense, so just ignore me. Ignore the man in the corner. Ignore the man in the corner. So, final day of the quarter, we will get what's referred to as window dressing. Um, don't read too much into it. Final day of the quarter, mutual funds want to say, look, we weren't in Best Buy. It was a horrible quarter for Best Buy. So in the last 10, 15 days, they've been selling their Best Buy to make sure that they show that it looks like when you get your quarterly statement that none of those top 10 holdings were bad ones. So there are no reports today, but earnings season is just around the corner. Alcoa reports on April 8th. So today is the 31st. It's uh, last day of March. Eight business days, or eight days from now, rather, the action picks up, especially during the week that begins on the 14th. Indicated up open continues the trading range. I like it. What I like the way we open. I like the way we're, we're pushing, putting pressure on all-time highs. So I feel good about our economy, and thus I feel okay about our stock market. Maybe I feel okay about our economy, and thus I feel good about our stock market is probably a better way of saying it, right? So 1883 on the S&P 500, we're close. We're at 1872. Won't get to 1883 today unless something dramatic happens. But again, we're playing with all-time highs. Don't let people scare you. They scare you because they want to do business with you. They scare you because they are not the best. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break. Be right back. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Obamacare enrollment heading to 7 million, close to the deadline. The first yearly sign up period for Obamacare closes today with early returns, suggesting the administration may be near the projected 7 million enrollees. To that. Uh, the rollout has been under constant attack from Republican foes and faced a key Supreme Court decision that allowed states to limit Medicaid expansion. That was an important part of the plan. It also suffered from a myriad of technical flaws on their website. Government last week said 6 million Americans had enrolled by March 27th, and another million people are visiting healthcare.gov. The signups met a mark that the Congressional Budget Office said would reduce was reduced from 7 million to 6 million. Uh, troubled start. Very troubled starts. So now Republicans are questioning the credibility of the numbers. Again, health care spending is 
it seems like it's going to go up. Whether you're a hospital, a PPO, whether you're an insurance company, um, whether you're a biotech company or a pharmaceutical company, it seems like money is going to that sector. So you have to have exposure to that sector. It's not that difficult to explain, right? SP 500 is up 13. The Dow is up 123. The Nasdaq up 39. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com, or you can listen to a show here every day from 1 to 2 p.m. New Focus on Wealth. Let's talk retirement plan beneficiary mistakes. Four words, <laughs> and I just see beneficiary mistakes jumping out of the out of these. Well, what are we talking about here? Well, what for four words were coming to your mind? <laughs> retirement plan, plan beneficiary <laughs> mistakes. Okay, gotcha. and the two words that jump out beneficiary mistakes because I'm I'm one of those people. You know, at one point in time, if I died, money would have gone to my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, if I died, it would have gone to a girlfriend from the 20s. Yep. A girlfriend from the late 20s. Uh, because I do a lot of financial paperwork, and I don't update my paperwork because I just never seem to have time for that. Well, the biggest issue, too, is that people go through the process of doing a living trust, Okay. and they think they're done. Well, they're, the yeah. attorney hopefully did the job of putting the home in the living trust, re-registering that, and your brokerage accounts. But if you don't update your beneficiaries and make sure that your beneficiary designations match your estate plan that's in the trust, your beneficiary designations supersede what's in your will or your trust. So whatever you've named on there is how it's going to go. If you've got a brand new trust, it doesn't matter. It's how that retirement plan beneficiary is designation. So the biggest mistake that people make is not taking advantage of what's called the stretch IRA. So what, what, is a, what is a stretch IRA? A stretch IRA is, is where if you leave your, if you pass away and you have an IRA, your spouse has two options. One is they can leave it in an inherited IRA, which means that's good sometimes for a younger spouse that's under age 59 and a half and they need to have income currently without the 10% penalty. Most people that are over 59 and a half, if they pass away, the, their spouse can roll it into their existing IRA without any taxes at all. A stretch IRA is when you leave it to your kids, and if you leave it the right way, they can roll it into an inherited IRA and stretch the the tax deferral over their lifetime. They'll have to take a little bit out each year. They can take more if they want to, but they can stretch it out over their life expectancy. And sometimes it's even left over for the next generation if if you you know live a long time and you've got great investment returns. So when you don't name a beneficiary at all, it essentially goes to your state. And if you die and you're under age 70 and a half, your heirs have to pay the taxes within five years. So it blows it up. you got a large IRA of a million dollars. That, that's going to put them into the highest tax bracket possible versus stretching it out over a lifetime and letting that Uncle Sam's money stay in the account and grow for you. So no beneficiary at all or naming your estate or your will, those are the two biggest mistakes that can cost your kids a ton of money that goes to the government much, instead of your family. How much is a ton of money? Well, you're talking 39.6% federal, yeah. plus you got to remember you got that Prop 30 tax in California now that can push their tax bracket over 500000 up to 13.3%. So 39.6 plus 13.3. Let's, let's wait, 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 wait. I want to talk this through with you. Mm-hmm. Which way is more, a ton of money, a ton of pennies, or a ton of dollar bills? I think a ton of feathers. <laughs> so, so a ton of money, you're just saying is, okay. Choice D. I can't get I can't get you to bite and play with me on that one. No. Um, naming retirement beneficiaries. Um, those are the two big mistakes. Yeah, you mentioned one, and you you had this as an issue for a while. 
um, girlfriend or how after divorce? People don't update their estate plans or their beneficiary designations after divorce. And a bigger one now, since 55% of marriages end in divorce and 60% of second marriages end in divorce, is uh, people start doing prenups, okay. especially when they you know, get nailed in the first one. They never want that to happen again, prenup. And you might say in your prenup, hey, look, my 401k, that's my asset that are going to go to my kids when I pass. So in this prenup, I want you to waive the rights to it. It doesn't work. It has no effect whatsoever on a retirement plan because retirement plans are managed by ERISA. That's the law. And ERISA says the only person that can waive, the only time a spouse can waive the rights to a retirement plan is if they're a spouse. Well, when you sign a prenup, you're not a spouse yet. I would imagine some people got pretty upset to learn that. Oh, there's countless stories. There's one story where a, a guy in, um, in New York uh, thought he was a beneficiary on his spouse's, for 14 years, spouse, her pension plan. Okay. And he wasn't. The sister got the money. Now, in certain states like California, you have white, white rights to it. And some plan documents, Rob, say that as soon as you're a spouse, you're immediately vested. Or as soon as you're a spouse for a year, you're immediately vested. So it's also the plan document. If you want to do that and have somebody waive that and be a part of that, you got to work with your state planning attorney and your family law attorney and make sure that after you're married, there's spousal waiver forms that are signed, if that's that's you. So also bad language in your kid's trust. A lot of people want to leave their, their money to their kids in trust. Yep. And if you don't have see-through or conduit language in your trust that allows the kids to stretch that IRA out but have that you have some control in your trust, you can blow up the IRA and cause too many taxes as well. So bad language in children's trust is also a ba- major mistake that I see. That doesn't sound good. Mm-mm. With that being said, that's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to a show every day here, Monday through Friday, New Focus on Wealth. It's Chad Burton, and I'm Rob Black. Any questions, pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Particularly, um, financial questions about you. AT&T said they're going to repurchase 300 million shares. I own shares of AT&T for the dividend. I don't own it for the growth, but for the dividend. They said their board of directors approved a new plan to repurchase 300 million shares of stock, about 6% of its current shares outstanding. I like buybacks. I like dividends more than I like buybacks because I do. I do. I do. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
little neon trees bringing us back from break. 800-516-1220. They were con- perceived as a breakout artist two to three years ago. It took a little bit longer than people thought it would. So I want you to be smart when it comes to money, whether it's how much you're spending on stupid things that you don't use. Did a little work in my garage this weekend, and uh, <laughs> I live near a creek, and thus there's ants. Um, and I found a little bit too much things to control ants in my garage. I don't think I needed nine of them. But it's always on my mind when I'm, you know, shopping. Oh, guy at Home Depot kills me. Kills me. Every time I go into Home Depot, he screams out my name. I'm like, you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. And he's one of those older people that just kind of stands there and greets um, with a bad toupee, which a bad toupee is a fantastic thing, by the way. As long as it's not you wearing it, it's fantastic. I don't get tubes, so when it's time for my hair to go, it's time for it to go. So one of the things I want you to do is stop making mistakes, buying things that you don't necessarily need or use. If a job seems unpleasant, I want you to consider, hey, maybe I should go back to school and up my education so that I don't have to be a greeter when I'm 61, 62, 63 to help make ends meet. Keep in mind, when you're 62 and you haven't saved enough money for retirement and you're starting to think, I'm going to take Social Security, I say don't do it. I say get a job as a greeter. Do everything you can not to take Social Security because if you look at it as job, It pays out more if you retire later versus sooner. Now, if you're obese and you've got bad health, you've got a bad heart, I'd consider it sooner than later. But most of us are going to live a very long time, thank you, modern medicine. Do you take benefits at 62? If you do, you're getting a 25% reduction from what you would get at 66. You also get another 8% increase in benefits if you wait until age 70. So it pays if you're going to live to 80, 90, 100 to delay. Again, I can't convince the people of that, and I know that. And I'm actually okay with that. Taking it early and having a job, you're going to pay some penalties. You're not going to get what you think you are. But a lot of people just aren't very financially savvy. And they're like, I want that money now. I want you to try to be a little more financially savvy. I want you to try. One of the things you can do is continue to educate yourself by listening to shows like this one. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just trying to say, look, I'm trying to give you a good second opinion on occasion. Don't blow your tax refund on something simple. And something instant gratification. If you can put it into your 401k, or not your 401k, but if you can put it into a retirement plan or an after-tax account, Roth, that's fantastic. The more you save, the more options you have in retirement. Now, I think we live in a a world of uh, instant gratification. We saw last night Elon Musk on 60 Minutes. What I wanted to note about that is I really, really want a Tesla. And that's unreasonable for me because I've never really, really wanted a car. Maybe when I was 16, I wanted a car so I can 
break out of this small town and listen to a Bruce Springsteen song as the screen door behind me closes. Take a girl on Thunder Road. I don't even know what that means. But there was a point in time where I wanted that instant gratification. I don't anymore. Just get me from point A to point B. You know, it's interesting about point A to point B is that the Google buses, I just recently became aware of how far and how huge these guys are. The Google buses are a bigger transportation system than Alameda County. Not Alameda County, whatever, uh, Contra Costa. That's crazy. They go all the way to Santa Cruz in Oakland, deep, 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 deep into San Francisco. Speaking of uh, San Francisco and that whole angle there, fascinating story this weekend in the Chronicle tied towards uh, Oakland getting a crazy amount of venture capital. Now, it's still nowhere near. <laughs> There's the little, little thunder road going on in the background that I don't think anyone can hear. But, um, okay, so Oakland's getting a ton of venture capital right now. And that's kind of interesting because what happens when there's venture capital? Where there's venture capital, there's a, a strong propensity for people to work, live close to where they work. Uh, it boosts cost of businesses. Only the better businesses will be able to stay. And Oakland could start to change. For a very long time, I think there's this perceived Oakland has um, less than San Jose and San Francisco in desirability. But Oakland's Jack London Square. It's renovated. They've got an exposed brick and beam kind of angle that is very reminiscent of Brooklyn, of New York. And it's a lot cheaper than buying into San Francisco or leasing into San Francisco or San Jose. So some people are saying, you know what? We're going to take our business and we're going to go there. Texting is growing. It's growing its size of its footprint from entrepreneurs to venture capitalists to outside observers. You can still see, you know, massive hurdles of trying to compete with Silicon Valley. But Pandora, which went from startup to a publicly traded company... Uh, they literally tower over Oakland. And that's a success story. Do I think rents are going to be going up? I do. So I think now is the time to go after Oakland. Here's the downside on Oakland. There's a lot of real estate there. There will be a spillover. There's no doubt about it. But there's a lot of real estate there. So you, you need to be very, very smart about where you pick up a piece of property. Oakland is very well positioned to take advantage of the economic moment. It has plenty of office space, a strong transportation system, enough available housing that should a boom occur, prices are unlikely to spike. Average apartment in San Francisco is $3,500. In Oakland, it's 2000 That's pretty dramatically. If you buy a typical office space or lease typical office space in Selma, South Market, $57 a square foot, whereas in Oakland, $26 a square foot. And there's a challenge. People don't want to live where there's robberies. I've been robbed before, and it, it sucks. 
Oakland has more robberies per capita than any other large city, 10.9 robberies per 1,000 residents. Number of homicides dropped last year to its lowest point since 2004, but that's still roughly twice as many as occurred in San Francisco. 92 homicides in Oakland last year, 46 in San Francisco, 44 in San Jose, which have doubled the population. So that's got some people freaked out. But would I buy near Jack London? Probably, yeah. Uh, would I buy a warehouse near Jack London? Probably, yeah. I think it could be developed intelligently. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Particularly money-oriented. I just talked a little bit about office property rent index in the United States. I just talked about Oakland, but in the United States. In 2008, it hit an all-time high, basically $32 per square foot. Um, it fell, it fell, it fell, it fell through 2011, but it's been rebounding. Now, the retail property rent index, it too hit an all-time high in 2008, and it's, it's fallen, it continues to fall. So retail in America, the trend is that it's dying. You know, department stores are well-established, and they're not doing terribly well. E-commerce has been hollowing out the malls. There's no rental recovery happening at all at malls. And the distinction can't be more clear that more business is going online again and again and again because we know property managers are always going to charge as much as they can. But the rent, the trend for rent in offices, it's recovering, whereas the trend for rent in retail property, it's still at all-time lows. Not all-time lows, but it's still at recession lows. And it's been dropping for five straight years. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The S&P 500 is up 13. The Dow is up 123. The Nasdaq is up 39. Taking a look at the sectors today that are doing well. We've got Vladimir, well, I guess this is sectors, financials doing well. Healthcare, industrial and tech. Weaknesses seen in consumer staples, energies, materials and utilities. Fed Chairman Janet Yellen says the economy remains in need of considerable support for some time, so that's helping a little bit. We're not at morning highs, but we're still doing pretty good. Vladimir Putin and President Obama viewed a meeting kind of as a step towards a diplomatic solution for the situation in Ukraine. So that's positive. I'll let little Bruce Springsteen take you to break. This is one of my favorite songs, and I'm not a big Bruce guy. KDOW traffic. Brought to you by Garmin. That's stole points, again, also of 0.8%. And that's our Bloomberg Market Minute. Oh, 
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. I super appreciate you listening. I try my best to bring you stories that are relevant to the business world and maybe, hopefully, to your 401k, your 403b, your 457, hopefully towards your retirement. I put on experts at what they do to complement what I do. I don't think you need a lot of this information. I think you need some of it. I don't think getting to retirement is as tricky as people make it out to be. I just think people are lazy. I think people assume the worst, and that's unfortunate. So today I saw a story that I think is fantastic. I actually saw it over the weekend. It's a breakup letter describing what it's like to advertise on Facebook. A company called Eat24, it's a food delivery company. They're deleting their Facebook page, and they posted a breakup letter that is pretty hilarious. The post was tongue-in-cheek, and it had a lot of GIFs in it, animated pictures, one of them screaming, how dare you. And basically, it's one of the people, one of those businesses that had an online presence and said, you lied to us, Facebook. It really seems like you've lost your way and have become nothing more than an ad platform. The letter basically was triggered after Facebook changed the way their newsfeed algorithm works, which prioritizes actual news and posts that lots of your friends have engaged with over a mere chronological display of other people's posts. For advertisers, this has meant that most of their posts go unseen, buried under 1,500 posts that most users get per day. 1,500 posts that most users get per day. Okay, that's telling me that America is incredibly unproductive. The only way to guarantee everyone who follows a company will see any given post is for a post to go massively viral. And for advertisers, that's infuriating. So the algorithm is saying that most of your friends don't care about sushi, per se. They aren't interested in hearing about our deepest thoughts about pizza toppings. It's pretty right on that advertisers want to compete fairly with your friends and family. And again, my friends and family, whenever they post, it's so inane that I've basically blocked all my friends and family. For instance, one of my friends posted that after a football game, he said something, isn't it weird to see the quarterback shake the ref's hand? No, it's just a, a display of you know, sportsmanship. But this is bad news for Facebook, and as a shareholder of Facebook, I get it, and I don't like it. Facebook has basically become the new Yahoo, which is basically an ad platform. So Facebook halted a rollout of a beautiful redesign last winter. The reason was the company realized that while the redesign looked great on new computers with big, sharp screens, it was hard to use on older computers with small, crappy screens. Most Facebook users still have small, crappy screens. Facebook scrapped the photo-rich design and came out with a design that kind of looked five years old. Same thing happened to Yahoo. Yahoo! Yahoo 
had an innovator's dilemma back in the late 90s. They couldn't... Thank you. They couldn't radically change things because people were so accustomed to it. And they were so popular with hundreds of millions of mainstream users. That left Yahoo vulnerable to smaller companies that could do radical things because they couldn't. So that's going to be one of the problems with, with Facebook. Another problem with Facebook is the whole advertisers are starting to get angry at them. And Facebook doesn't want advertisers to get free exposure. Just because you like Rob Black doesn't mean that you should, Rob Black should get inserted in your news feed. I have to pay to play. So it's interesting to look at what's happening with Facebook. And again, I own shares of Facebook. And the recent correction in the market didn't feel like a correction to you and me. It felt like a correction to momentum stocks. Hey, Eiffel Tower, happy birthday. Eiffel Tower turned 125 years old today. I'll get back to that later. So the recent correction in momentum stocks, Netflix, Tesla, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, 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 uh, it kind of helped the old-fashioned tech stocks, the Intels, the Cisco's, the Microsoft's, as money's going somewhere right now. It's going towards more value. Did you know that the Eiffel Tower wasn't the brainchild of Gustav Eiffel? It was actually one of his associates. It took 300 workers, 18,000 plus pieces of iron, 2.5 million rivets, 10,000 tons, 984 feet high. It was a symbol of modern science. It wasn't about modern engineering, but modern science. At the time the tower was being built, another technology was also in its infancy called photography. There's fascinating gifts and photos of the tower being constructed. I'm always fascinated, like, how does that last piece get on top? Do they build straight up, or do they bring it on top and place it? At the time, 125 years ago, the Eiffel Tower was the tallest building in the world. It took many, many, many years for um, New York City's Chrysler's building to top it. Parisians originally hated the Eiffel Tower, calling it an eyesore. When it first opened... At a World Fair, the elevators weren't operational. But 30,000 people still climbed 1,700 steps to reach the top. Anyway, happy birthday, Eiffel Tower. What a monument. What a monument. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's SP 500 up 13. The Dow up 117. Woo! Triple digits. Nasdaq's, NASDAQ's leading the market today. Up 45. Take a break. Be right back. the winners and losers on Wall Street? Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's Morning Market Notes. You'll also see Rob's winners and losers and find an endless stream of financial insight when you browse hundreds of Rob Black video clips. Share them with your friends. Subscribe to YouTube channel Rob Black Show or follow Rob on Twitter, handle Rob Black Show, and you won't miss a clip. That's YouTube channel Rob Black Show and Twitter, handle Rob Black Show. That's 408. Bosch is the quietest dishwasher brand in the... Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. 
Thought I'd do a little Hollywood minute to start the second hour of the show. Frozen just joined the ten highest grossest movies, grossing movies of all time. Not grossest, but grossing. A little bit difference between that. Slight slip of the word. So Sunday, Walt Disney announced that Frozen has become the top ten highest grossing animated, well, it's become the highest grossing animated picture ever, but it's also in the top ten of all movies ever. It's kind of interesting to look back at. I think you probably remember, and this is not inflation adjusted. I think you probably remember like Star Wars 1, 2, 3, probably did pretty good on the list. You remember Raiders of the Lost Ark, a lot of E.T. But it's the 53rd animated picture, Frozen. It beat out Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Number one on the list. Avatar at 2.8 billion, Titanic at 2.2 billion, The Avengers at 1.5 billion. Disney has one, two, three films now in the top ten. So Frozen's pulled in over 1.07 billion dollars, and it's going strong. And they're going to come out with Frozen 2, Frozen 3, Frozen 4, Unfrozen, Frozen 5, Frozen 6, Frozen 7. It's a franchise now, just like Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and they're working on Toy Story 4. Remember the movie John Carter, The Man from Mars or something like that? It was a massive, massive flop for Disney. You may never, ever see another massive flop from Disney in your investment lifetime. Stock is currently trading. What's it trading at? Disney stock is currently trading. It's, it had a pretty rough move there for the year. It was underperforming. But now it's getting back to its all-time highs. In fact, yeah, all-time high is 83. It's currently at $79, $80. I'd buy shares of Disney. Would I buy it for one year? No. I'm buying it because Frozen 2 is coming out. Frozen 3 is coming out. Frozen 4 is coming out. Toy Story 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I'm buying it because now all they have to do is sit and milk franchises. I know, you're saying, is that a job, milking a franchise? Hell yeah, it is. (laughs) They do a really good job at it. So, they don't have to take the $100 million chance anymore as a company. And as an investor, that's something that you need to think about. They can, Frozen 2, Frozen 1 has got over a billion dollars of business. And people in 30 years from now, they're going to be saying to their kids, well, okay, the six-year-old girls now who are seeing it and loving it, they're going to be taking their kids 30 years from now. Disney is in the franchise business on a lot of what they do. And what that means, what I'm trying to say there, is that they create characters. Now, every now and then, a kid will fall off a roller coaster and have his legs run over or something like that. And right there is the CEO giving the kid like a Cinderella doll. They're in the business of franchises. It's number 66 on the list of Fortune 500 companies. Um, globally, it's a pretty big monster. Number 56 in the FT Global 500. It's the monarch of the Magic Kingdom. Is no man. He's a mouse. Mickey Mouse. The Walt Disney Company is the world's largest media conglomerate. With assets encompassing movies, televisions, publishing, and theme parks. They've now been able to turn their TV shows into a crossover with the movies. 
They have a portfolio of cable networks, ABC Family, Disney Channel, and ESPN. What's interesting to note about their their Disney channels for kids, they're now competing with live programming with Nickelodeon. And I think they're actually beating Nickelodeon now. I know you're saying, do you watch a lot of kids programming? I do. I do. Walt Disney produces films through such imprints as Walt Disney Pictures, Disney Animation, Pixar. They own Marvel Entertainment and Lucasfilm. Okay, wait, wait. Star Wars Episode Seven's coming out next year, and then Episode Eight, then Episode Nine. Do you see how this is a franchise that they can just milk? Is there any chance the dark side wins in the battle? No chance, because we sell heroes. We sell westerns. We love them. Walt Disney Parks and Resorts runs its popular theme parks, including Walt Disney World. You could take your kid to Hawaii and go to a Disney-themed Hawaiian vacation, where I am told you could leave your kids from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., go back to your uh, Hawaiian vacation and pick them up later kind of thing. They have Disney Cruises. This is a mega company. Zooby, zooby, zoo. The Walt Disney Company. Pretty impressive. On an end-by-end kind of number. You don't buy it for today, and you're going to lose money if you buy it today. It's overvalued, in my opinion. Everyone knows that, and that's why you want to own it. So try to sit there and look at companies that you own and see how they're doing. Disney has agreed to buy YouTube short-form video producer Maker Studios last week for $500 million, plus a $450 earnout. So they're basically incentivizing the owners to stay as long as they can. It's uncertain to me whether Mickey Mouse will ever generate a profit with Maker Studios. But what they will be able to generate is a connection to young tech-savvy millennials and teens who may not be reachable through traditional media anymore. Maker should be a useful source of content that can be leveraged, and they could put some of their young stars there and kind of like see if they incubate them into a bigger show format. Disney is a very, very smart company. It's one of the companies that I, I, I can't really find a negative on, other than its valuation. When I was a little kid, there was Disney films, and I wanted to see them. Escaped Witch Mountain. I was dying to see it. Dying to see it. I probably caused my mom and dad endless amounts of grief. My dad probably went out and contracted cancer just because he was so frustrated with me. I know you're saying, that's not funny. kind of is. He's been dead almost half my life. Um, which is tragic. And that, once again, tells you why you shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Disney's acquiring Maker Studios basically so they can roll ads as well as develop properties. Disney's Frozen has generated a billion dollars in global sales, and that's where the story all started from. IMAX and Disney have expanded their relationship for a multi-picture deal, including Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which has already opened up big. Uh, Malficient, which is going to be, I think, a live-action fairy tale. You know what I'm trying to say there, I think. So one negative I've heard on Disney is that they're very frustrated with the local news business. So Disney um, price target to me, 100 this year. And I think it can continue to edge higher. Disney's going to allow Dish, traditionally a pay television direct satellite provider, to stream their content through broadband video. So to me, Disney is that media company that gets the position they're in, and they're doing everything they can to protect it. 
very, very smart company. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I just pounded you with a little Disney, so we'll let them take us to break. S&P 500 index is heading for a food market minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a horrifying new survey out about why millennials are having a tough time landing a job. Now, it's better than it was two, three years ago. Hiring managers say through a survey that sometimes millennials are showing up in casual clothes. Sometimes they're using their phones during the interview. In a survey of 22 to 26-year-old college graduates... A staffing company, 8% uh, reported, Adelco reported, that 8% a parent accompanied them, a parent accompanied their kid to a job interview. 3% said that a parent actively joined the interview. Moms are showing up for interviews. Millennials have been technologically enabled, basically since they spoke or since they crawled. Struggle with how they view traditional interviews. So, don't show up for a job interview with mom. It's too casual. You have to lose the casual angle. Now, you know technology front and back, and that's important. They know how to multitask, and that's why they are checking their phones. But employers are like, what's going on here? Anyhow, shape up is the thought of the day. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. We have the S&P 500 up 14, the Dow up 129, the NASDAQ up 46. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk an odd topic here. Uh, There's different types of investors, we know that, but let's go with a different total type, people who are single. Most of us don't start saving money until we're married, and we say, I've got to take care of my wife. Most of us don't start saving money until we have kids. We want to leave a bit of a legacy with our savings. But when you're single, you're more of a spender. You're going to concerts, you're going out, you're whining and dining, you're wooing. What's your thoughts on investing and in, in, in saving as a single person? Hmm. Well, m- m- my thoughts, <laughs> if you're going to invest and in, in save while you're single, is is you find somebody that you might want to marry. Start early on on talking about prenuptial agreements. Okay. Um, I met a guy that uh, was involved in a one of the founding members of a startup. Okay. And it was well on its way, got married, didn't do anything on the prenuptial agreement, lost half of what the eventual result was, and and the marriage only lasted for a couple of years, and it was kind of one of those deals where you couldn't believe what the person did, the, you know, the spouse did in this case, and still lost a lot of what he worked, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day on for five to six years. 
of this startup. So prenuptial agreements very, very important. How about a postnup? Postnuptials, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where if you don't have anything when you get married, the postnuptial is a little bit more involved in you know what am I going to pay after I pass. But boy, that's a tough thing to approach though when you're you know first getting married, you don't have kids yet. Whether or not it's going to hold up in court, whether or not both sides really had an attorney, it's tough. I personally don't think it's that tough. I think I just think you need to dehumanize it. Like for instance, I got that frying pan from my mother. Um, I want that in a prenup, and that's a good starting conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, a prenup, maybe things don't end as well as we want them to, or, you know, it, it's it's there for a worst-case scenario. It's not there for a best-case scenario. Um, now, with that said, being single, you know, you have a lot more costs, uh, but everyone should max out their 401K when you're single or when you're married. There's some things. You don't need life insurance when you're single. You know, if you die, no one cares. Right. So don't have life insurance. Um, you know, life insurance is there to replace your income for your loved one that you just left. Um, you know, at one point in time, if I died, my cat would have got my money. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of sense of humor that I want to have out there. It's funny. Um, some other areas, you know, when you're single is, is do be careful because dating is expensive and, you know, trying to find the right partner is important. When you do find that person, um, talk to them about money. A lot of couples don't ever talk about money, and then when it does happen, it, it's a stressful environment and it doesn't need to be. When do credit checks. I mean, how many times have we run into people? I have a real close friend that a marriage ended because she found out about $60,000 worth of debt that was in place prior to marriage that was yeah. totally hidden. Totally hidden until the person else basically had a breakdown and it all kind of came crashing down. And you marry into that scenario and uh, it could be a problem and again, something well, yeah, you fight over. It's because the house was purchased together at the height yeah. and then now her credit is completely screwed as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough situation. You know what I like about credit checks is it can kind of tell you if your spouse is kind of crazy. (laughs) You know, if if the person you're getting ready to marry, you find out she's had like 19 late delinquent charges, and you're like, whoa, you partied pretty hard because not that many late, so you you have to almost try. Yeah. I've told you the story before about a couple that I could never get the financial plan done because they wouldn't give me the, the, couldn't get the expenses from them. Yeah. And it never finally made – it finally just didn't make sense. So I was sitting with the, the one of the clients, the other the spouse was at work. Sure. And I said, have you ever done a credit check? And we went to annualcreditreport.com, which is the one free. And I had to sit there with one of the spouses and uncover $100,000 worth of credit card debt that was being hidden. Yeah. And it was like telling you that your spouse has cheated on you for the last 10 years. It's that's, a shock. That's, I mean, he, I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see a guy in tears because he finds out about that much debt and his retirement has been put off for about an extra two or three years because of as a, CF, as a CFP, did you have to hold him and nurture him and cuddle him? Uh, we, were, we were looking up. I said, you, you know, you can't go home and talk to your spouse about this. You need counseling. There's obviously a, a okay. shopping problem here. Don't go home and explode about it. Go speak to a counselor. Approach it almost like an intervention with other family members. Because it, it was an intervention, and it actually yeah. turned out successful. Um, luckily, they had a ton of equity in their home, and they were able to pay it off and still retire okay. But it was relatively small compared to the overall portfolio, but it was still there, and it was still hidden. And So this segment's oh, turned into, instead of investing for singles, it's turned into credit check spouses. Because they're, probably, li- they're probably lying to you, <laughs> is what we've learned. My dad died with, with uh, $60,000 of credit card debt. $60,000 of credit card debt that no one knew about because my dad was kind of a short guy. He was 5'8", and uh, he'd go to, like, Home Depot, and there's a store on the East Coast called Heckenders, which was Home Depot before Home Depot. 
And he'd buy power tools because, you know, that gave him kind of like the manly thrill that he couldn't get from being six foot tall. Um, <laughs> with that said, I inherited a bitchin' set of tools, but my mom inherited a lot of credit card debt that she didn't know was there. So that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, we're in, that, that generation, too, is very private about money. You know, we're in a generation where 50% of marriages fail. People live till they're 100 years old. So most of the time, unfortunately, people aren't with the same spouses. So um, be very careful because people that trade houses, spouses, and cars more often than others are the ones that don't retire well. Interesting to note. With that said, I don't want to live to 100 unless I'm like Highlander. And I could live forever (laughs) with a Scottish friend. Um, Scottish ninjas. Odd concept, right? Yes, very odd. Whoever pitched that movie, they had some cojones. With that said, that certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So the governor in the news today, despite his third straight box office bomb, he'll be back. He's already working on three more films. That's probably the worst source thing you've ever heard. I apologize. I'll just shut up now. I'm Rob Black. Who are the winners? State laws change frequently. Keeping up with those changes. Your boss wouldn't steal a computer from a store, but you... ...taxrelief.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Love the line, I don't think you're right for him. To all of us who have been in love before and seen your love move on, we want you to be happy. We just don't want you to be happy with anyone else. It's a great, great concept, isn't it? Because it's something we all feel. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. little hipster music bringing us back. Can anyone explain the love affair that young men have with beards? And by beards, I mean facial hair. So our top stories today are we're in an up market, and that's nice to see. We're near all-time highs, and that's nice to see. But our top stories, there's really not a lot of headlines out there. Delphi told GM the ignition switch didn't meet specs. Congressional staff investigating the widening GM ignition switch recall. The story's got hair on it, and it's not for the faint-of-heart investors. If you can't live with a haircut in a stock, you can't buy it. GM's problem is the longer it looks like they covered things up, the less likely people are going to buy their product in the future. So Mary Barra, their CEO, is coming out and saying everything she can to be right. Like, hey, we'll do everything we can to cooperate. So she's the right person for the job. The stock is still holding at $34, a little bit above it, which is a level of technical support, maybe 32 and then it starts to really break down. So a lot of bad news hitting the stock, and the stock is holding up. When there's a settlement, the stock will move higher, a lot like Toyota's done. So you have to weather the storm. Another headline story of the day, Apple's war on Samsung. What? What? Why is Apple going to war with Samsung? It's really, I think they're going to war with Google. There's another company other than Apple and Samsung that has a lot of stake in it, and that's Google. Because 
Apple's seeking about $2 billion in damages from Samsung for selling phones and tablets that Apple say violate five of its mobile software patents. One of them is as silly as swipe your finger across here to unlock your phone. Now, that's silly to me because I'm not in the industry. I didn't design it. But Apple says we did. Samsung says Apple violated two of their patents. Some features in Samsung devices that Apple objects to are parts of Google's Android operating system, which is by far the most popular operating system in the world. So if Apple wins, Google could have to make changes to Android features that are considered critical. Interesting. Healthcare spending is at a 10-year high. That's why you want to own some healthcare stocks or ETFs or mutual funds in your portfolio. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, we revised GDP last quarter because of healthcare spending. $8 billion rise in hospital costs or revenue, even though they saw a 1% decline in people using hospitals. Frozen is the number one animated film ever in worldwide revenues, hitting $1.07 billion. Next target for them is to take out The Dark Knight, Skyfall. Listen to this top ten. I'll start from the bottom up. Frozen, The Dark Knight, Skyfall, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Transformers, The Dark of the Moon, Iron Man 3, Harry Potter, Part 2, The Avengers, Titanic, and Avatar. Now, Avatar was so big, listen to this, and Frozen's been in theaters forever. It made $2.8 billion. Crazy. Great article in the Weekend uh, Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle, about the tech startup scene is starting to flourish in Oakland. It's basically being called the Oakland is the new Brooklyn. And again, it shows you one of the reasons why you can't fall in love with where you live. I live in Silicon Valley. I live on the peninsula. I live 20 minutes from Facebook, 20 minutes from Cisco, 20 minutes from Yahoo, 20 minutes from, you know, you name it, I live 20 minutes from. But at some point in time... I would be foolish not to acknowledge that there's business going on elsewhere. And businesses drive home prices. There was a, an open house this weekend on my block. And uh, I hate open houses. It's just a bunch of cats coming and getting out of their car and, like, slinking through your yard, slinking through the, your, your home, trying to find exactly what the house is. And some of them bring kids and they're all booger-infested children. Um, so the open house, I saw 200-plus people go in it, 200-plus couples. There's not a lot of inventory out there. Will spring help the inventory? A little bit. But what I got, I'm holding on to. Arnold Schwarzenegger, despite his third big box office flop, he's already got two more films planned. So he's not quitting anytime soon, which is amazing. Because can't we, I mean, he's 66 years old. At some point in time, can't we just say you're too old to be an action star? Right? Or am I crazy here? Remember when I promised to kill you last? I lied. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry about that, Arnold. Michael Jackson's Escape. He's coming out with a second album since he's been dead. Wow. In 2010, Sony made a deal with... Michael Jackson's estate to release multiple albums and old songs until at least 2017. So even though he's dead, he's going to still be coming out with albums for the next three years. Sony paid $250 million to basically get some of the, I'm going to say some MP3s that he put together. Songs that didn't make it onto albums. 
That's all I got for you. McDonald's is going to give you free coffee for the next two weeks. Starting today, you can go to McDonald's, get breakfast, and they'll give you a free cup of coffee. So Taco Bell can't hog all the breakfast spotlight right now. It's their first ever free coffee event. They also plan to make something called, um, it's an event called Make Friends with McCafe, where you get musical performances and spontaneous comedy experiences in cities across the country, which sounds terrible to me. Terrible. Or as Charles Barkley would say, that's terrible. That's terrible. So four consecutive months of declines in breakfast, McDonald's is reacting now to Taco Bell, which their breakfast is getting rave reviews, both on taste and speed. Um, so McDonald's is going to beat up left by Taco Bell, right by Dunkin' Donuts, straight in the gut by Starbucks. Interesting to watch. Janet Yellen. Call me Janet. Call me, maybe. Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen said that the recovery still feels like a recession. So last month, a couple weeks ago, during March, and I'm already in April in my head, sorry. A couple weeks ago, in the month of March... Jenny Yellen basically said something along the lines of, yeah, we know lending rates are incredibly low, and we're going to probably raise them early 2015. Something like that. Because the expectation was for mid-2015. So Wall Street reacted to it, and now she's kind of coming out and fixing what she said. Home sales are poised to surge with spring as the warm weather will eventually hit. Opening day. Opening day in baseball today. Baseball players in the league want to make opening day a national holiday. Now, what I like about that, and what I don't like about that, what I like about it is there's a very good chance if it became a national holiday, I would sit at home and day drink. Because I can't go to work because it's a national holiday. I'd relax. I'd probably get a little less. Uh, I'd lower my blood pressure. Now, what I hate about it is that corporate America would lose productivity and earnings and earnings drive the stock market. And I think I love the stock market more than I love baseball. It's interesting that baseball wants to make it a national holiday when... There's that talk that after the Super Bowl, we'd make that Monday a national holiday. It does promote economic spending. That's the craziest thing about this kind of holiday idea. And Congress should look at it. But the drag on the businesses? I don't know. You're with me or against me. Be with me. So tonight, remember, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out. You know the makers of this song had never even seen a baseball game? That's fascinating. That's that's terrible. That's terrible. So Facebook has become the new Yahoo. That's a great concept for people to try to digest. The people that they've got signed on now won't like what happens in the future. Because that's why they bought Oculus Rift. Because they want to have a social media platform that's ready for virtual reality to roll out to new users. As people have kind of, how do I say this? Calling them the new Yahoo is basically, it's insulting, for sure. But it's also saying that they can't really be cutting edge anymore. When Yahoo first came out, they had a nice website where you could kind of see everything. And then they wanted to add features that old computers couldn't hold. Like, for instance, whenever I do seminars, I let people sign up online. And some browsers don't support the new levels of security of new levels of commerce sites that you can sign up with. So some people were like, I can't sign up, I couldn't sign up, I couldn't do it. So Facebook has already scrapped a redesign from last year that was photo-rich. So that's the classic dilemma. It can't redesign its site and be really cool in a modern way that would appeal to its users because the people from 2004 
you know, the billion users that they've been picking up from 2004 to 2010, uh, they're not going to be, say, cutting edges, the people that they want, Facebook wants, in 2017. So Zuckerberg seems to realize this, and that's what's really, really important, whether it's Instagram, WhatsApp, or Oculus. He spent $22 billion on buying the future. WhatsApp has a really cool feature, by the way. In texting, you don't type. You don't have to type. You could speak, and the person on the other end hears your voice. So you could tell a joke. Why did the chicken cross? Uh, what do you do if your toe falls off? You call the tow truck. And you send that voice message, boom, to your friend, and you can hear your friend laughing coming back. So Zuckerberg's getting it. Um, I don't know. Yahoo could have purchased a small, fast-growing startup that is, you know, back in 2006. They could have purchased Facebook for $150 billion. They didn't take the chance to do it. You see where this is going? Eh. I like the risk that Zuckerberg's taken. Let's let Mike take us to break. But remember, you can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Estate laws change frequently. Keeping the bird market minute. Listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 800-516-1220. I think the market continues to go higher. I don't think we're overvalued if earnings come in line. And as unemployment's come down and employment's gone up, we've boosted our spending. So we've boosted the top-line revenue. It's obviously seen in things like healthcare. I think we're in the seventh inning. I don't think we're in the eighth or ninth. I think we could blow off the top, and I think we can continue to gain. Blow off the top doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, 50,000 on the Dow in the next year. But we'll hit 50,000 in my lifetime. And that's not calling for anything ridiculous. That's basically calling for historical norm rate of returns. Market doubles every seven years, every 7.2 years. So, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average sitting at 17,000 becomes 34,000, becomes 60,000 in 14 years. I'm not talking crazy stuff. Again, there's some trick to it in the sense that um, the Wall Street Journal basically helps configure what goes into the Dow Jones Industrial Average and what doesn't. And that's a little bit of a problem. But there's also an angle that Janet Yellen just gave a very, very dovish speech. It was dovish, deep dish pizza, Batman dovish. It was that kind of positive for the markets that she's saying, look, you know, the Fed supports the work. 
of the American people, and we influence interest rates, and we're not moving them anytime soon. So there's been steady progress in improving the labor market, but the recovery is far from good for most, not most Americans, it's far from where we want it, ideally. Some other stories that are of note today. Retail stores are dying. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I don't want to bum people out, so I won't. There was some talk this weekend about the quake that recently happened in La Habra that had over 100 aftershocks on the northern stretch of Orange County under downtown L.A. into Hollywood. All of it was felt by a hugely populated swath of people. A magnitude 7.5 quake along that fault could prove catastrophic. Bigger than the one in San Andreas, as far as faults go. It, and we're just now starting to figure this out. The U.S. Geological Survey estimates that came out this weekend said that such a quake, a 7.5, it would run unheard of numbers. It could kill 18,000 people. It could cause up to $250 billion in damage. A larger magnitude 8 quake could hit 1,800 people with the old death sentence. So a 5.9 quake that hit in 1987 in the United States at Whittier Narrows, it's considered very moderate, yet it killed 8 people and did $350 million in damage. And that's that time of money. So... Prepare for an emergency. They're likely to happen at some point in time. Me and my producer, when I told him, Brandon, this morning, I said, uh, big study on quakes come out. He goes, yeah, we're due for one. Yeah. <laughs> True, right? So uh, just throwing it out there. Always have money ready for emergencies. You should have an emergency fund. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's tally up the total number of calls this morning. Goose egg. Goose egg. Shame on you people for not calling. It shows like this need calls to make it relevant. S&P 500 is up 12. The Dow is up 104. The NASDAQ up 47 points. Elon Musk did a pretty fascinating interview with 60 Minutes, which again, 60 Minutes is no longer journalism. It's just puff pieces. And he thought he, he said, I thought we'd fail. What was interesting in it, he talked about how he sold PayPal. And he took that money and invested it in to Tesla, invested it into SpaceX. And a lot of people think, you know, you're a genius for doing that. He got $180 million from PayPal to do it. A lot of people think PayPal now is now worth billions of dollars. So did he cash out too early? I don't think so. In 2007, he was broke after he'd gotten $180 million for starting PayPal. SpaceX had three big failures. Tesla investors decided to pour money into the new business after they won a big contract. Uh, after Tesla did with, it was after SpaceX did with NASA. That contract changes life. Of which we have cut government spending into NASA for years to come. And that's not going away anytime soon. Anyhow, uh, let's take a look at some of the guidance that we're seeing out there today. As far as market goes. We're seeing a market... That is moving higher, especially after Fed Chairman Yellen says the economy remains in need of considerable support. There was a weekend phone call between Vladimir Putin and President Obama. 
it's seen as a step in the diplomatic solution direction over Ukraine. Strength A is seen in financials, healthcare, industrials, and tech. Weakness in consumers, energy, materials, and utilities. Major averages continue holding the bulk of their gains. Um, we're within points of an all-time of a session high. We're within multiple points from an all-time high. S&P 500 just seems to be chugging right along, doesn't it? 52-week high of 1883. It's sitting at 1870. So even with a little bit of a sell-off a couple weeks, um, market's doing very, very well. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Or Facebook fan page, Cron4 Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 